0: Welcome to our webinar, which, as it has been mentioned, is dedicated to home office and other treats in Russia. Actually, this uh, topic could not be more actual considering the recent activity of some state authorities and of the mayor of uh, Moscow over the last few days. Indeed, due to the recent increase of uh, in the number of people infected with the coronavirus, the Ministry of Health has last Tuesday, called on Russian companies to uh, introduce a remote work mode where possible, and, uh, in, uh, and this in order to reduce social contacts between people. In addition to that, last Tuesday, it has been known that the mayor of Moscow sent letter to more than 5,000 major metropolitan companies recommending them to return to uh, return employees to remote work and uh, this is in order to reduce the movement around the cities and for the good health and the safety of moscovites and finally as maybe uh, many of you certainly know last friday the mayor of moscow has signed a decree according to which uh, moscow employers are recommended first of all, to send to remote work employees over 65 years old, as well as employees having chronic disease. Uh, it has been as well recommended to uh, use internal acts or issue, sorry, internal acts to uh, list the employees which uh, who can be put uh, and sent to remote work. And generally speaking, uh, it has been recommended to uh, minimize the number of people which will be present uh, present in the office. And this is uh, applicable starting from yesterday. These recommendations are not new. And uh, they are just resuming the ones which were taken by various authorities in uh, March, and especially by the Ministry of Labour, which on the 26th of March, uh, recommended employers to send as much as possible employees where of course, uh, it did not impair the good functioning of the company to uh, <clears throat> remote work. And this followed the presidential decree of the 25th of March, which described the period from uh, third, uh, 31st or 30th of March till uh, 3rd of April as non-working days with preservation of salary, knowing that actually this period has been extended till 11th of May. So during these non-working days uh, <clears throat> period, many employees of most of the companies, except the one which uh, were entitled to work, uh, resorted to uh, remote work. And uh, after the 11th of May, when actually companies step by step have been entitled to uh, resume uh, their work in their offices or plant, uh, actually many employees to conform, many employers to conform with the instruction and the sanitary measures imposed by the Federal Service for surveillance of um, consumer protection rights and uh, human wellbeing, continued actually to uh, apply and resort to uh, remote work. And in light of the recent um, recommendation, we'll start transferring or reads transferring uh, employees to remote work. What I'd like to mention as well is while actually distant work, the notion of distant work itself uh, has been introduced in the Russian law in 2014, the notion of remote work, as we are all using it, has not been legalized yet and there is no content uh, and uh, of, uh, on legal definition. Therefore, while sending people on remote work, currently, employers have to rely on and comply with the recommendation which uh, have been made by the Ministry of Labour to arrange for such a transfer. But of course, with the, the pandemic, the need to document this practice and to change labor standards have uh, become obvious. And uh, this is why in June uh, this year, uh, bill has been introduced uh, in order to provide for uh, remote work uh, possibility. Actually this uh, bill has passed its first readings, which shows acceptance in its principle of this form of uh, work and uh, is currently discussed before the Duma, the lower house in Russia, uh, before being presented to its second reading. So during this seminar and considering what uh, I have just uh, been said, thing we will first provide you with, uh, first of all, an overview of distant work, which is defined by the law, versus remote work, which so far is not defined by the law, and the way both uh, mode of work must be formalized. Then we will move on to the draft law regulating temporary remote work, about which I have just been talking. Uh, then we will move to uh, working safety obligation, workplace safety obligation, work discipline, and finally we will end this webinar by reimbursement of expenses, both under distant work and remote work. So now I'm very pleased to leave the floor to my colleague yekaterina Elekchen, and who will uh, be giving you an overview of distant work versus remote work.
1: Good afternoon, participants. Uh, let's start with an overview of uh, distant work uh, versus remote work. Uh, you may be wondering well, why we would distinguish these two terms, which are seemingly the same. Well, and indeed, uh, this substantially, this is the same uh, arrangement. Uh, it's type of work when an employee works outside of the employer's premises. Mostly, it's work from home. But in Russian law and practice, we have such a structure where these two types of uh, working arrangement are a di- different um, be- because of the following. Well, the distant work is regulated by by labor code. There is a special par- paragraph on it, and all specifics uh, of employment agreements on uh, distant work they are regulated by the labor code. Also. Uh, distant work is uh, more or less uh, and usually a permanent assignment arrangement for example if you have an employee a sales representative in another region of russia or an it specialist in another region uh, who works uh, always uh, in uh, outside of the employer's premises this is usually formalized as distant work as per uh, special article of the labor code as for remote work uh, on the, on the opposite to distant work, uh, it is not um, directly envisaged by by labor code. It is regulated by various letters of the Ministry of Labor that, that were issued this spring due to COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, unfortunately, some clarifications in this letter, they are contradicting to each other. And employers had to navigate uh, through this uncertainty. And certain rules and regulations, uh, and establish their own uh, r- rules of uh, remote working by issuing internal orders or policies on such uh, remote work. The remote work in Russian, I will uh, name it in Russian for our Russian-speaking participants. It's удаленная uh, работа. Remote work is considered as a temporary measure, usually. Like for example, we have now when employees were transferred to, to work from home due to uh, due to pandemic, or some employers provide employees an opportunity to work remotely from home as an additional benefit. For example, one or two days per week they can work uh, remotely, or or for example, if employees uh, have some special family situation, they can work remotely. Uh, as an opposite to di- distant work, remote work is temporary arrangement and it's often a combination of uh, office work and remote work. Uh, and such combination is not regulated by Russian Labour Code yet. And uh, further, in the webinar, we will uh, describe what uh, is planned to be implemented. We hope it will be done soon. So, how to formalize distant and remote work? As distant work is uh, regulated by the labour code, it is uh, really uh, straightforward. You just need to sign an employment agreement. It's a special type of employment agreement for distant work. Or if you transfer currently office-based employee to distant work, you sign an addendum to employment agreement. Of course, you need the consent of the employee uh, for such hiring, or especially to transfer to distant work. Uh, one of the main advantages of, of the distant work uh, regime is that you can sign documents with the employee using electronic signatures. Unfortunately, law requires using qualified, so-called qualified e-signature, which could be a little bit burdensome because uh, both employer and the employee need to apply to a special provider and obtain token to, to use this signature. Uh, but once it is done, it is very convenient because you can exchange any HR documents uh, in electronic format. No need to sign hard copies. Uh, one exception is uh, the original, original uh, of the employment agreement. Even if it's signed in electronic uh, way, uh, still employer should print it out, sign, and send to employee by registered post within five days after execution of this agreement. The remote work. Uh, the opposite uh, because it's not regulated by uh, by the labor code. Uh, it is usually uh, regulated by internal policies and orders of the employer. For example, when we had the pandemic, many employers issued orders uh, to employees to work remotely from from certain day and they did not formalize this uh, in employment contracts. Unfortunately, labor authorities also did not clarify uh, whether it is mandatory to sign an Addendum to Employment Contract in such c- situation or not. Uh, they were changing their mind a uh, like week after another week. Th- that is why we would recommend to sign Addendum to Employment Contracts with employees, because this is more safe approach, because uh, in case you, you don't do that, and then the Minister of Labour decides that the employment uh, or addendum to employment contract was required. There could be potentially administrative fines for that. Also, to transfer employees to remote work, of course, you need the employee's consent. Even currently, even in a pandemic situation, if an employee rejects to work from home, you cannot force him or her to do so. Uh, we advise to collect consents of employees in written form uh, on, on addendum to employment agreement or in the order of the employer on remote work, or in a separate document, uh, it will help you to confirm that uh, employee uh, really agrees to, to this remote work. Also, in I think unprecedented uh, approach used to, due to pandemic, the labor authorities allowed to execute documents related to transfer to a remote work via scanned copies. Well, in normal circumstances, Russian labor law requires. Uh, hard-copy hard documents and scanned copies normally just don't work. But in this case, they allowed to sign documents via scanned copies, but the labor authorities uh, advised to exchange hard-copy documents once you resume your normal operations. Uh, now I pass word to Christophe, who will uh, describe potential developments in the distant work regime in Russia.
0: Thank okay. you, Ketia. Just before uh, I start on this part, could we see, please, the result of the poll? So uh, yeah, from what I've seen, uh, 16% of the attendees are uh, back to the office, whereas uh, 84% of, uh, of you are still working from home. So uh, most of us, we are still uh Working from from home, and uh, if uh, actually with Katya we are back to the office today and in our meeting room, actually uh, as well for us as well, we are uh, still working from uh, from home. And uh, could I have uh, as well results on the second polls, please? Uh, oh, we have a lot of colleagues, 58% of lawyers as well as a HR specialist. Okay, so <clears throat> let's uh, let's uh, talk um, very briefly uh, now uh, about this uh, draft law, which uh, has been uh, introduced to the Duma in June. So, uh, first of all, I'd like to mention that uh, it has been proposed in the fall last year to uh, introduce some uh, amendments to the labor legislation and to provide for the possibility to send employees to temporary remote work. But actually, uh, at this time, the Ministry of Labour has considered this change unnecessary. But of course, with the pandemic, the situation has changed, and the need to uh, introduce in the Russian legislation the possibility to send uh, employees to temporary remote work has uh, become uh, an evidence. At this stage, because, as I said, the, the bill has just passed its first reading and is still under uh, discussion and being amended. What are the main features of the uh, draft law? First of all, both distant work and uh, remote work will be defined under the same chapter, chapter 49 of the Russian Labour Code. And actually, these concepts will be merged into one terminology distant, in brackets, uh, remote work. This is to avoid any confusion. Then, uh, besides the permanent distant work, which is already provided by the provisions of the labor code, this draft law introduces two more types of distant work, the one being temporary distant work, where it will be uh, possible for the employer to send the employee to remote work for a specified period of time. And the second one being combination of office and distant work uh, where the employee actually will spend some days in uh, the office and some days uh, working from home. Another interesting feature, despite the fact that it has raised some question and I will mention it, is that in case of natural or man-made disaster, industrial accident, fire, flood, earthquake. Epidemic, episodic, and some exceptional cases, it will be possible for the employer to send uh, its employees to uh, temporary remote work according to a simplified procedure. Indeed, there will be no need to uh, conclude uh, an addendum to the current employment agreement. It will be possible to do so for the employer by uh, uh, passing a local normative act in which he will actually list the employees to be transferred to r- remote work and the procedure for organizing such, uh, such a remote work mode. So that is very important, but what raised a lot of issues is that currently the draft law mentioned that the consent of the employees will be still necessary. So how will it work if, for example, due to uh, specific circumstances the employer has to send its employees to remote work for a certain period of time? if actually one of the employees doesn't work, doesn't uh, uh, accept this transfer. So so far, uh, this issue is uh, still pending and uh, hopefully uh, amendments will be made to the uh, draft law to clarify this issue. Uh, Another important uh, issue and uh, feature of this draft law is that the enhanced qualified electronic signature is abandoned. What will be required is for the employer to provide in its locative uh, local normative acts the method allowing to identify the sender uh, in case of exchange of document, knowing that the receiver will have to confirm the safe receipt of these uh, document uh, upon uh, their receipt. Another feature which is uh, very important, and once again, it is raising a lot of concern among the, the specialists is the fact that the draft law actually deprives the uh, employer to provide in the labor agreement, in the labor employment, some additional ground for terminating the employment agreement. Currently, uh, according to the provision on uh, distant uh, work, an employer can set in the, um, in the employment agreement some additional ground to the one which are already provided for ordinary employees. For example, should an employee fail to uh, provide report on its work on his work activity for uh, some time, it will be possible for it is possible for the employer to uh, discipline the uh, employee and in the worst case scenario to terminate the uh, employment agreement. But, uh, this will not be possible anymore according to the draft law and only the termination grounds which are currently provided by the labor code for uh, ordinary employees will be possible. And why does it raise a lot of concern is that we know in practice, actually, that for distant workers, some of the uh, termination grounds which are provided for, uh, for ordinary uh, employees are not applicable, meaning absenteeism and uh, uh, alcohol intoxication uh, in practice it is uh, impossible to uh, sanction or to terminate an employment agreement with a distant employee uh, since and i will not expand on this b- considering the time frame we have but for example since according to the constitution uh, your private home is inviolable i'm hopefully i'm not uh englify uh a French word, but uh, according to the constitution, uh, no one is entitled to enter your private home. The same, uh, let's imagine that uh, your head office is in Moscow and your uh, distant uh, worker is located in Vladivostok. Uh, If uh, during a a webinar or uh, a Skype conference, it appears that, or it looks like your employee is uh, maybe under some... uh, Alcohol intoxication. The time for you to go there, and uh, the, the effect will have disappeared. So, in practice, these two uh, grounds for termination of employment agreement are not applicable. And even it is uh, there are some amendments which are proposed to uh, to this uh, draft law to mention that actually. Alcoholism, uh, intoxic- alcohol intoxication and absenteeism will be excluded in relation to distant slash remote worker. And another thing which uh, I'd like to mention and which is considered by specialists as a shortcoming or uh, controversial point in this draft law is that uh, the draft law does not give possibility so far for the uh, employer to call the employee to the office. So how does it work if, for example, the employee has to go to the office for urgent need? Another issue, according to the current draft, if the employer contacts the, um, its uh, employee uh, after working hours, so during the rest time of the uh, employee, this will be considered as overtime as far as these, uh, the contact or the request is, is labor-related. So what will happen if, for example, uh, you need to contact your remote worker or your distant slash remote worker for uh, an urgent uh, issue and uh, where worse what will happen if actually the employee takes the initiative to call its employer after his working uh, hours. So should this be considered uh, as well uh, work uh, overtime work? So as we can see, there are still, uh, despite the fact that uh, the draft law made some progress uh, into legalization of remote work mode, there are still a lot of issues to be considered and to be discussed, and hopefully uh, during the the next two readings of the law, uh, amendments uh, and related amendments will be made so that um, actually this draft law become a real tool and a safe tool for employers to uh, install and uh, and, uh, implement remote work. So far, distant slash remote work. So now I will pass once again the word to uh, Katja, who will be talking about uh, workplace safety.
1: Yes, workplace uh, safety is quite an important topic for distant and remote work. Uh, For distant employees, uh, regulations are very... Be beneficial, I would say, for employers because they are relieved from the majority of work safety obligations in relation to distant works or workers who have this distant work employment agreements uh, formalized as per Russian Labour Code. Uh, for such employees, you need only to fulfill these four listed obligations, including uh, job accidents investigation and uh, payment of mandatory social insurance for occupational safety, but such insurance is paid in, in relation to all employees, so there is nothing in addition. For remote wor- workers, uh, for, for example, if you have a combined regime when employee works for, from the office and from home on some days, uh, the current legal situation is uh, is difficult, I would say, because such remote work CARES is considered as uh, uh, as regular employees in terms of workplace safety obligations, and employers must fulfill all obligations envisaged by labor code, including, for example, special assessment of working places, which can be difficult or even uh, impossible to fulfill for remote uh, like workplace like. Because to conduct this special assessment, you need to hire an organization whose experts will come sh- shall come to workplace and measure various uh, factors like uh, level of noise or lighting and, and things like that. And as you can uh, imagine, it, it can be impossible to do at, at the employee's apartment because employee may just refuse or maybe like apartment may be located uh, far away from, from your office. That is why, currently, when employers introduce this uh, remote work that is not envisaged by the Labour Code, they accept certain risks related to labour safety and in case uh, any job accident uh, happens, then uh, employer may be may be liable for non-fulfillment of work safety obligations as they are provided by the labor code but uh, we hope that this situation will be resolved by the uh, by the bill Christophe uh, described just uh, just now uh, because uh, the law proposes the draft law proposes that when employee works uh, remotely from outside of the employer's premises employer will be obliged only for a limited number of obligations and not to the full scope as, uh, as currently for remote workers. So now we proceed with the poll. Yes. Uh, now we will please answer uh, certain questions on uh, monitoring uh, employ- employers' or employees' activity and we will uh, proceed with uh, further slides of our webinar.
0: Oh, interesting actually. 54. Uh, 54- percent of the uh, actually attendees are not monitoring the uh, employee work discipline, whereas 46 percent are doing so. So more more or less, it's half and half. Interesting. Interesting because actually one of the main difficulties for uh, employers sending uh, people to uh, remote, uh, distant remote work, and if you don't mind, I will uh, just uh, use Remote work. So for the for the next uh, minute, is of course to monitor the activity and the performance by the employee sent to remote work of uh, his/her uh, labor duties. Uh, what must be mentioned is that currently in uh, currently in the labor code, uh, with regard to distant employees, Uh, the Labor Code provides for uh, the fact that the employment agreement must uh, contain, actually, the procedure and term for submission on reports on the work performed by the, the distant worker, as well as uh, the work regime, meaning uh, at which time the employee is working, which time the employee is resting, so which allows uh, the uh, employer to monitor the activity. So this is provided by the currently by the labor code on uh, distant employment. But with regard to remote work, and until we uh, have a clear and legal definition of such a regime. So far, it is uh, very difficult for the employer to uh, monitor the activity. And this is why we strongly recommend the uh, employers to provide either or even end and end in the employment agreement or addendum to the employment agreement on uh, transferring the uh, employee to remote work, and in the uh, local normative act, internal regulation, the following in order to ensure uh, possible monitoring. So first of all, what we we strongly recommend is to uh, provide for the working time regime or at least, if it's not possible, the core time bands during which the uh, employee is obliged to uh, be working or at least to be available. The second point is uh, to provide the ways form and periodicity of exchanging information between the employee and the employer. Then the third item is uh, to provide for specific time for a remote worker to uh, perform some particular duties. For example, uh, we have seen the case for an accountant to make sure that the deadline will be uh, respected, that uh, and that the the rest of the financial department will be working properly. We have uh, provided in the Addendum of the, the Employment Agreement on transferring this employee to uh, remote mode, an agenda, if I can say so, of her activity to make sure that it will not impair uh, the work of other colleagues. And to provide as well, the obligation for the employee to respond to calls, requests, or uh, any emails of the employer and as well the period of time during which the uh, employee has to do so. If, for example, we are talking about combined work to provide as well the days where the employee has to be in the office and the one when the employees stay at home. But if it is very impossible to specify once for Good uh, these days, you need to provide at least for uh, the approval procedure of such calendar. Then another important feature is to provide for the obligation of the employee to the employee to use the equipment. IT system, IT programs, hardware, software, of the employer, or at least the one which are recommended by the employer. This is uh, especially for security measures and confidentiality measures to avoid an employee's to use its personal computer or personal uh, hardware and where you may have not control over the security uh, program which have been installed. Another obligation is to ask the employee to be logged into the systems, the one with the IT system, during uh, working hours. And uh, another uh, important feature is to uh, mention that the employer is title to check, actually, uh, at what time and when the employee access to the uh, IT system and maybe to by the use of some geoloc- geolocation uh, tracking system or uh, review of the corporate f- uh, mobile phone bill to uh, analyze the activity of the employee. So, of course, this list of obligations and recommendations, uh, are best practice, but, uh, are not exhaustive, is not exhaustive. And, uh, depending on the particularity of the uh, activity of uh, an employee, it is possible to expand or complete, uh, this list so that you have some tools. And so just to, to conclude that if you not do so, uh, it may have very negative consequences since uh, if you do not provide, for example, the, for the obligation of the employee to uh, respond to a request in a certain period of time, if it does, if he does not do so, it will be very difficult to make him liable for uh, lacking and uh, for not uh, answering in due time. And as a last item, uh, I will give back the words to Katya, and actually she will answer one of the questions, which is, could you please kindly clarify if a compensation for use, the usage of personal assets in the company interest? So uh, Katia will mention uh, about reimbursement of expenses and therefore answer uh, this question.
1: Yes, as you can see, a reimbursement of expenses. We have this slide combined for both distant and remote work, because The same rules apply to to both both situations. Well, uh, first of all, what you need to compensate to the employee are expenses related to business travel. For example, if you ask uh, your distant employee to come to the office and uh, this is considered as a business trip, therefore you need to compensate such employee uh, usual business uh, travel expenses for transportation, accommodation, pay per diem to the employee. Uh, in, in case employee can return to home the same day, uh, then you don't need to pay for accommodation, obviously, and also don't need to pay the employee per diem, because per diem is paid only if employee stays away from his or her house for more than one day. Also, another compensation that should be paid is compensation for use of uh, Private property of the employee for business needs. The most obvious example is the use of private car uh, for business travel. Uh, in case uh, employee uses private car with knowledge of the employer or with approval of the employer, then employee should pay employee compensation for wear of the car and also compensation related to use of it, well, like petrol uh, petrol expenses. Uh, if uh, you need to pay this compensation, it should be uh, fixed by employment agreement. Also, please uh, provide in the employment agreement all details how it is calculated, which documents the employee should provide in order to be paid compensation to confirm, for example, that petrol expenses are related to to business travel and not uh, just private trips of of your employee. Another issue is uh, other expenses. Uh, related to distant work like uh, cost of internet connection or mobile services if you don't provide employee with uh, corporate mobile phone. The labor code in respect to distant employees, it says that employment agreements uh, can provide for compensation of, of these expenses. Uh, previous opinion of the labor authorities was that if employee uses uh, his home internet connection for business purposes, you need to pay this compensation. They were quite firm in in that. But recently, they started to change their mind and there are various clarifications of state labor inspectorate saying that in case you don't have any provision in employment contract on payment of compensation for internet or for mobile services, then you don't need to pay this compensation to employees. Currently, there is no clarity if it should be paid or not. In our opinion, the safest approach would be to include some reasonable compensation in the employment agreement, because uh, it allows you to avoid disputes with employees in case you have a conflict situation and employees starting to claim various things. Uh, If you have this compensation fixed by the agreement, this minimizes your risk. Uh, what i can add if you uh, decide to pay this compensation please bear in mind that for example if employee pays for internet connection uh, he he or she uses only approximately eight hours per day uh, for business needs and other part is uh, private private use of the employee so you need to calculate this compensation proportionally to the time employee uses uh his internet private internet connection for, for business needs for business needs. So I think this is all we wanted to discuss with you today. And uh, I pass the word to Christophe, who will do a wrap up of our webinar.
0: Thank you, Katya. So have we have, as we have seen, currently the Russian uh, legislation does not uh, provide for remote work as such, and uh, its implementation over the last few months by uh, employers has been empirical. But fortunately, uh, we do hope that draft law will be passed uh, during this uh, the fall session of the Duma, which will provide some security and uh, legal comfort uh, f- to the employers when resorting to remote work, which obviously shall be the case if the uh, situation continues, unfortunately, to uh, damage. This is the end of our webinar, and now Katya and myself will be very pleased to uh, answer uh, your questions. And I see one already, which I will be reading. Can we combine a private property usage reimbursement and home internet for remote workers in one compensation?
1: Well, uh, let me answer this question. I think that for tax purposes, it's better to divide them uh to, to compensations, or at least to provide, uh, if you decide to make it as a one compensation, to insert in your addendum to labor agreement documents, uh, re- in which proportion is a compensation for usage of private property, and which part is uh, compensation for to remote, for remote workers or internet connection. So I think it's it is better to to divide them uh, to two compensations but uh, you can do in one but uh, at least in the in your documents provide which part which part of of compensation is for what.
0: Thank you Katia. Uh, I have another question which I would say is not strictly legal and maybe a little bit more uh, psychological as to how do uh, Russian employees uh, react um, to uh, remote work or what is their feeling. So we are not psychologists or uh, specialists in this, but what I, I can tell you is that I recently read a survey from a according to which actually uh, a little bit more than, if my recollection is right, more than 21% of the respondents uh, considered that working from home or in remote work uh, uh, has more. Uh, disadvantage, sorry, than uh, advantages. And this is due to the fact that uh, family members can be disrupted. Uh, this is due as well to the fact that uh, we are losing contact with people, with c- our colleagues. Uh, due to the fact as well that it has been uh, noted that the continuation of the working day lasts much longer than when you are in the office, because when your computer is on a permanent basis, switch uh, at your place. You have a tendency to sit and look, despite the fact that it's nine or ten, 10 o'clock. At least this is—I uh, know that this is the case with uh, with Katya. And but uh, what I noticed as well, and what I read as well, and remember, it was—it uh, was that for some, uh, but actually quite a considerable number of uh, of uh, respondents, some uh, considered that uh, remote work is good because uh, you didn't have to. Uh, participate to the office life, if I can say so, and you avoid the gossips, which I found uh, quite surprising. But uh, and this is why I, uh, I remember this. So these are more or less what I remember about this question. Another question, are COVID tests still mandatory for employees each 15 days for 10% of employees? The answer is yes. This has not been changed. Uh, that's for sure, uh, and I'm very sensitive about COVID tests because uh, I just came back from abroad last uh, last week. And uh, first of all, to come back, it has been a nightmare, and I had to have these uh, three times this COVID test translated into English and things like that. And when you are in a small city in France, that was not easy to obtain. Another question: Is it mandatory to draft employment contract addendum in Russian? Yes, of course. And, uh, or it, uh, is it fine, fine to have fine it in, in English, English only if the employee understands English and uses to perform professional duties? Well, at least, uh, and uh, Katia, you may complete, uh, for sure it must be in Russian first, but with uh, foreign employees it can be in Russian and then in uh, his her uh, national language.
1: I agree, and the most common uh, approach, I think, to, to have a Russian-English version even for Russian employees, because foreign managers, for example, uh, could be non-Russian speakers, so you have normally you have it bilingual. But what is important, Russian language will prevail, even if you have it bilingual.
0: We hope, Katya and myself, that uh, you find uh, this webinar very interesting. Uh, knowing that this is a very hot topic in Russia, and hope actually to be able to renew this webinar once the draft law will be passed and once we will have more concrete items to be discussed when reading this uh, final law introducing temporary remote work. So thank you very much and uh, have a nice end of the day. Bye-bye.